0: Welcome to episode sixty six of the Muck Podcast, where we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo.
1: and I'm Hillary Doherty. Oh.
0: Hillary, oh.
1: we are in a hotel on location podcast <laughs> recording. How about this room, bitch? It is so <laughs>
0: nice. Thank We're up you. high. We have a
1: view. Yes, you can see the beach all the way from uh, from it's my room. Beautiful. Yeah, so I kind of, I've I've been mentioning it anyway on the podcast, but I kind of was like. I want to go away for the weekend. My husband does this all the time. I just want to just make it clear. Okay. This is not like a thing. He goes camping. He wants to go camping. Bitch takes off. Fine. Uh, I wanted to go away. And this is the for. I wanted to do it for my birthday. And this was the only weekend in March I could do it. And so I dipped. And it's not far from my house. It's just a way. (laughs) It's a way. And I got to hang out with some friends last night. Emma, Sarah, Sarah's husband, Alfredo. Oh, fun. And it was fun. We had some drinks. I had some gin and tonics. I only had two and a half and I was like, (laughs) I love everybody, you know, Uh, but it was great. It was fun to be an adult and then wake up in this beautiful room. And then your beautiful face shows up. And now here we are and recording we are. two episodes today. Two episodes. Because of Easter next weekend. Oh,
0: yes, the holiday.
1: Yes. So um, how have you been?
0: I'm very good. I'm kid-free this weekend. Oh, that's
1: right. See, so, we are like out on the town, crazy, crazy yes, wild women.
0: So <laughs> it, it's, it was just nice. It, we, I mean, my husband and I, even just like watching a movie, and we were like, mm. wow, it's, we can watch a movie without... Yeah, pausing it five thousand times. Ooh,
1: girl. <laughs> or like, what can I eat, Mom? What can yeah, I get? I mean, what can I eat? Can I
0: even though, I mean, God, I love. I will jump in front of. Oh, you know anything Unnecessary. for my child? Necessary to say this.
1: <laughs>
0: but it was nice just to have yes. a. It was quiet.
1: Oh my God! It's yeah. it's insane what happens when there's no kids in the yes. house. Um. Uh, so this comes out on March 31st, which I just wanted to highlight the fact that it's trans visibility day. It's a really important day. Um, there's a trans, uh, remembrance day that happens in November, but this trans visibility is about highlighting trans individuals who have been, are living in their lives open and freely, even if they're not open and freely living their lives out in the public they exist and they contribute to our society and our community. And so it's really, really important to acknowledge that the contributions that are made to our world, our country, our state, our cities by trans folks. So, uh, if you can go online tonight, there's going to be so many events happening that you can watch that will, you know, talk about their experiences, talk about what their, their lives are like. And it's really important to, to just acknowledge and recognize, uh, they're huge contributions to our yes, world. Yes, I and love this. And we actually last Sunday had a conversation with the first trans woman who's been elected to the Colorado House, yes. Brianna Tatone. Oh, I can't wait for that and episode that to come, come out. out. <laughs> yeah, that'll come out in a few weeks. And so that'll be real. That's really exciting. And um, thank you for doing that. Tina gets main, many fantastic guests <laughs> on the show. Thank you, Tina. Yes,
0: it's like my new fun side. Yeah. <laughs> who
1: can I get? Yes, who can, who I, can, can I get? get? <laughs> um, and then last Friday, uh, the Broward Supervisor of Elections, little. Mutt. Came out with Joe Scott, and that was so
0: good, so good, and so important, especially what's happening in Georgia and what's potentially going to happen in Florida. We need to have these conversations about voter suppression and really getting uh, folks listening involved, so that they can reach out to their elected officials to say, "No, we do not want this to happen." Right, and and try to force their hand. But I mean, in Georgia, like in the dead of night, yeah, he's it's it's so it's so gross. And here's the other thing.
1: If, if the government is working that hard to keep you from doing something, it's something good and you need to keep fighting for it. Like if they're trying to stop you from voting, there's a reason. Yeah, of course. There's a good reason Uh, for that. And so we need to make sure we're, we're, we're staying on top of all this because the only way the shit changes is if we get these motherfuckers out of office, get them out, get them out. So,
0: um, another thing my husband and I were talking about regarding Georgia, because one of the, uh rules mm-hmm. the new rules in places that you cannot provide water yeah. to someone standing oh, in line and there are church organizations and groups saying you know what we're gonna give water oh. let's see what happens well
1: li- listen they'll probably arrest them and, uh, uh, it, yes, and, the, and they won't and nobody will give a fuck that's what some i saw that at a tweet this morning what would jesus do Jesus would hand water out to people oh, 100%. At yeah,
0: the hypocrisy, <laughs> like these are not like no, the, the, these pseudo Christian wannabes. They don't give a fuck. Okay. Oh
1: yes, are we ready? Are
0: we ready?
1: I'm ready. Let's get let's hit it.
0: Okay. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of former Florida mm. state senator Okay. Joe Gerston. Huh. So, after serving in the Florida House, Florida Senate and as a Miami commissioner, oh. Joe Gerstin set his sights on mayor. But when a wild tale surrounding his missing car, a sex worker and oh. crack cocaine heats up, Gerstin heads down under.
1: Let's <laughs> hear Oh my gosh. Cocaine in Miami? That sounds crazy. What? How is that possible? How could it happen in the 90s? No. Never. <laughs> Our
0: story takes place in Miami, Florida. So mm. we're back in the sunshine state. Yes,
1: honey. Home sweet and home. And this
0: is Miami. This guy was Miami 70s, 80s into very early 90s. And 80s, of course, is for me, what show?
1: Vice. Yes. Miami Vice. Miami
0: Vice. So who was your guy? Was your guy Crockett or Tubbs?
1: Wait. Not Don Johnson. Yes, yes. Tubbs. Me too. Oh
0: my gosh! I'll yes. take a white uh, Philip Michael Thomas. Yes,
1: honey. Roll uh, sleeves up the sleeves up. He was adorable. He was
0: like so hot. So yes. hot compared to cute little to John, like Don baby Johnson. face too. Ooh. Yes. So even as a kid, I thought he was cute. Like oh yeah. I, Oh, my God. As a kid, I would, I remember I would watch like television shows at seven, eight, nine years old, and I'd go up and like want to kiss the
1: TV yeah. screen, and my
0: brother would be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, they're so cute. So oh weird. God.
1: Here's, weird. here's, speaking, speaking, first of all, it's not weird because my friend, I told this story already on the podcast, but my friend Brooke had the Bruce Springsteen born in the USA poster on her wall that was his butt, basically it was yes, just as butt yes, in blue that, jeans the with the red post, handkerchief yes. and I used to kiss that butt <laughs> I mean, I'd still kiss that guy's butt oh, but what you're saying gosh. reminds me of something that I should have just talked about which is the Billie Eilish documentary on Apple TV oh I haven't so, seen it well I only I don't know anything about Billie Eilish I know who I she love is, her but I don't know her music so oh hell is full of dads um, Barefoot Lobo talked about how he watched this with with his daughter. Yes. He talked about well, she struggles. does a lot
0: with like body image and yes. and as um, a young person, like the the pressure that they put on yes. her.
1: But the fam- but, but but he was saying like the fam- how the family surrounds her and takes care of her and loves her. And I was like, I gotta watch the documentary. So I watched it. It's like three hours long. It is so fucking good. And also look, watching her write music with her brother was fascinating to me and the music. And as I'm watching this, I, I was laying on the floor in front of the television, looking up and I go, this girl's a fucking genius she's 17 years old yeah and she's a but fucking her music genius. is good i like her music No, now well yeah, yeah now i love it I started <laughs> downloading songs and i was in the, the car anyway she was in love with justin Bieber, so she talks about it in the documentary how- she was a
0: what, what do they call them believers
1: yeah <laughs> yes i think that's right but she would cry at like 12 years old saying how she's never gonna love how could i ever love anybody as much as i love oh. this guy like she doesn't know him well, she meets him. You see her meet him in the documentary. And oh. then they're like friends now. Oh. oh, Girl, it was making me cry. I was like, oh my God. Like, it that was is so so sweet. So sweet. Anyway, I, I love that. I don't know how he got here from Miami Vice, but. Well, because uh, oh, yes, Miami Vice
0: you- uh, kissing the TV, <laughs> kissing posters, friends. Billie <laughs> Eilish. <laughs>
1: girls. Oh, these poor girls.
0: Oh my goodness. All right. So before I get into details about the crimes, I want to offer some background. And I want to thank one of our new listeners, Gail, for the topic. I had never heard of Gersten and this was a fun little mystery to kind of dig into. So nice. thank you, Gail. She messaged us on our Instagram or it was either Instagram or Facebook, Facebook Messenger something okay. and was like, Hey, you should check out the story. Nice. And I was like, Hey, thank you. And then I looked into it and I was like, This is wacky. That's I have awesome. to do it. So thank, thank you. you. Gail. Yes. All right. So. I couldn't find much about his life prior to the scandal. Mm -hmm. People Pill notes that he graduated from the University of Miami for law school. Mm -hmm. And several accounts say he was a practicing attorney. And he served as a Florida House rep from 1974 to 1981. Then in the Florida Senate from 1982 to 1986. And then he, um, in 1986, the Sun Sentinel talks about Gersten's run for state attorney general. So he was, you know, kind of phasing out of his state senator seat Mm -hmm. he's running. And the article says that, quote, uh, Gersten, quote, has always been able to grab headlines with his brashness. Mm. And the article notes that he may have been a bit of a bulldog kind of, you know, tough guy. And the article also cites one of his bills that he tried to get passed, uh, but it failed. And it was to arm drug enforcement officers with a fleet of speed votes so that oh they could fight God. drug lords like on the water.
1: Oh my <laughs> God. This is very Miami Vice. Oh, it's so Miami Vice. Can you hear the music right now in your head? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's so oh good. Oh my God. So, following his time in
0: the House and Senate, Gersten ran for and won a seat on the Miami Day Commission. Mm. And he was about to seek reelection. With a bid for mayor when things go awry. Mm. So, this major incident allegedly, Gersten is accused of having sex and smoking crack cocaine mm. with a sex worker in like a drug house in the middle of oh. Miami.
1: Whoa. I
0: know. So, how do they know this? Like, how do they find this out? And this story is so bizarro. Like, how do they know he's holed up in a a drug den? Like, I don't know. It's got to be random. So according to Juan Rodriguez's uh, Miami New Times article from 1992, Mm. on April 29th of that year, Gersten reports his car stolen. And not just any car. All of the accounts I read, like, really make a big point of saying that this was a ice blue Mercedes. Oh my God. Which is very Miami Vice yeah. too. Ice blue. Ice blue, Stupid. baby blue, powder uh, blue. Like they really like say, like it's not yes. just Mercedes. They really, all of them talk about this blue and that maybe <laughs> that was a thing then. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> this ice blue Mercedes. And at the time, Yana's reported in the Sun Sentinel that Gersten reported to police that when he arrived to his home in Coral Gables, so he was in this very upscale yeah, nice neighborhood. Coral Gables yeah. neighborhood. He reported to police that when he got home, he left his keys in the ignition, you know, maybe by mistake. I don't know what, but he enters his house and, He's distracted by a phone call. He's on the phone. And then allegedly he comes back out to go, oh, my keys, my stuff is in the car. Mm. The car is gone. Come on, man. So Yanis points out another interesting piece. Gersten, though, doesn't call the police to say, hey, my car got stolen. He calls the city manager to say, hey, my car got stolen. Can you tell the police about it?
1: Which is a little
0: weird. Like, most people would just go, hey, my car got stolen. Have the police come to the house. And the city manager doesn't work for you? Yeah. It's very weird. Like, that to me is odd. Yes. And and the city manager at that time was uh, someone called uh, Jack Eads. So Jack Eads calls the police. And in the recording of that call, because they record Mm -hmm. calls, uh, Eads stated... Uh, that quote, I'm assuming he doesn't want a lot of publicity because maybe they said to him, why are you calling us? Right. And so, and that could be a thing, like maybe as a commissioner, he doesn't want like this getting put on like, you know, uh, people who listen in on like the police calls on the radio and that kind of thing. Okay. Who knows? So Gersten may have just wanted this to be a little hush hush. And in hindsight, we're going to see that publicity was probably not the reason uh, why he uh, calls the city manager first. And um, anyway, for me, I would call the police. But obviously, I there's know. something else. So Rodriguez reported that the police then put out a bolo, right, for the car. Right. And so they're looking for this car. And they find Kenneth Ellswick, a known drug dealer, cruising around in the car.
1: Right? What? Yes. <laughs> so
0: Ellswick then explains how he got the car.
1: I mean, okay, so here's the thing. You're a known drug dealer yes you're not cruising in any fucking He's car especially around miami like you don't in this car no he would have brought it to a chop shop if it was stolen well right well right I mean, well, well we're gonna mean? see
0: what he he had he he had, it may have had some plans okay okay so he gets this car well they find Wait, him can in i just the say car. how
1: awesome it was that i just said chop shop I, just
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he um tells the story and the, his story contrasts just a little bit with what Gersten had to say about how his car okay. went missing. The expectation would be, oh, I was rolling down Coral Gables in this ritzy neighborhood and happened ac- across a car that happened to have the keys in the ignition. Right. It was just this serendipitous, and here I am. I'm going to hop right in, and there and I go. it's ice blue, so ice bitch, blue? I'm getting yes. in. Yes. That's not the story he had. Oh. So his story was... He claims he saw Gersten head into a drug house with a sex worker in this other neighborhood off of Biscayne. Oh. Right? That's like a known drug area that there's, you know, a sex worker. Like, that's the area that Mm -hmm. people would go to for that sort of thing. Okay. And he sees an ice blue Mercedes outside of this drug house, which kind of probably stood out (laughs) in the area. And allegedly... (laughs) Elswick, along with another known sex worker named Claudia, go in, rob Gersten at gunpoint, while he's hooking up and smoking crack with another sex worker named Tracy. So, and Yanez's article offers more details, including that Gersten was wearing only his socks and (laughs) sucking on the end of a crack pipe when they take his keys. Holy shit. Yes. So, basically, Elswick is saying, I saw an opportunity. And and we kind of took it. Why not?
1: Go ahead. So, I mean, someone just wearing their socks what is the deal with where we just wear our socks? We, we, yeah. Cause Everything we have this in another. Off. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Who it was is, it? It's
1: Spitzer. Spitzer. Yeah. Everything with the comes socks, off with the socks. With those dress it, socks up to yeah, the calf. Ew, the calf, it's the so calf gross. Like, <laughs> like what is it about that? Is it their feet get cold? And they, or maybe
0: they just don't like, they just want. He's worried about the floor not, at
1: the crack house. Like maybe, maybe he wants to step on something. Maybe he's, gotta, he's
0: too eager and just doesn't have time to take those socks off. I, mean, I don't know. It's
1: incredible with the socks.
0: So, I don't know. Anyway, Yanez reports that Elswick and Claudia claim to have found in the car nude photos of a man. What? Gersten's old Senate ID badge, some credit cards, and there's evidence that their story may be true. A 2001 transcript of a U.S. House committee on government reform, and they were meeting, actually. So, okay, so this happened in 1991. Now we're in 2001, Mm -hmm. and the U.S. House committee on government reform puts this group together on the use of prosecutorial power in the investigation of joseph gersten oh wow okay and they further what Ellswick has to say that it may be true because in those transcripts richard gregory who was then assistant u.s attorney and former assistant state attorney for miami-day testified that when the officer pulled the car over he found the photo of the naked man mm. he found gersten's briefcase he found legal documents, Gersten's wallet, a necklace, a gun. What the and fuck? And when the dealer and sex worker claimed to have pawned the jewelry and the clothes. So there were also, there was also supposedly like a bag of clothes in the car that he had just purchased. So they like pawned that stuff oh off. Oh my God. They Quickly went to the fast. shops. Yeah. And they found that stuff. Right. So wow. it kind of says yes. he was maybe yes. he left all his shit in the car, right. went into that place. Right. Right. So Gersten though, is like denying this is false. It happened in front of my house. None of this is true. Like he happened to leave all his stuff and this sex worker and this guy just happened to be strolling down his neighborhood at this exact moment to take the car, which it doesn't
1: make sense. Right. Right. Like it, it doesn't. Why is that guy even in the in white gables? Yes. Yeah.
0: It, it just, it doesn't make sense. So I need to clarify here that Gregory testified that there was this notion that the FBI and perhaps the Miami, DA's office. We're trying to set up Gersten. Whoa! So there's a, This is like this whole convoluted thing. So Gersten's claim is that everyone's out to get me.
1: Oh, the DA's
0: office is out to get me, <sighs> and that's what this is about. Politically
1: motivated,
0: right? But when this committee comes out in 2001, and and I'll get into it. There there may have been a reason why they chose to do this because they want to highlight and try to maybe tarnish someone's reputation. So we'll get into that. But Mm. this case is a bit confusing, right? And a different um, piece of this too is that one of the sex workers, Tracy, claimed that Gersten, that was the one that he was in the room with, Mm -hmm. said that Gersten paid her $85 for sex and $100 for the crack, and another sex worker came forward named Michelle, who said, "Yeah, he paid her as well." Mm. So there's witnesses coming up, but then with witnesses like a sex worker, sometimes it, compared it's, to
1: it's, a former state senator, yes. former House member, former yes. commissioner, or current whatever commissioner, it's, it's hard. The drug dealer whose story checks out, yes. The two sex workers, like whose it's kind of it kind of makes sense. It all makes sense, but you but you're putting these you have to put these characters right. uh, against each other,
0: so. What does Gerstin do? Does mm. he face the potential, uh, charges? Does he plead his case? No. At first, according to the Orlando Sentinel, Gerstin responded to the allegations by saying, quote, this is absurd. This is a bizarre mystery. I am a victim.
1: Oh, it's a b- absurd mystery. <gasps> he then a spent some mystery? time,
0: yeah, saying that, you know, he kept saying this is lies, 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 lies. <laughs> and at the time, Florida state attorney general, Florida's first female State Attorney General. OK. Janet Reno.
1: Oh, that's right. <laughs> who, later, yeah, oh, who, shit.
0: <laughs> who later served as U.S. Attorney yes. uh, General under V from Bill Clinton, Miami, Miami yeah. continue to pressure Gersten for answers. Like, so at this time, they just want to know what's going on, yeah. just and be they honest. want to ask him questions. But Gersten is in a catch-22 here, right? Mm. If in court he continues to claim, "My car is robbed from my house," then that's perjury. Right, mm. if 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 they find out it's not right, but then if he did say yeah, it was at the drug den, then well, you filed a false police report. Uh, yeah. So either he way, he's this perjury thing is there, and so he does nothing. He's like, I'm not going to respond to the charges at all, what? which puts him in contempt of court and lands him in jail for 26 days. Wow. Like, well, I am like just I, I don't. It's it's just saying uh, mea culpa. Sorry how many people cried and confessed they can't do they that. can't do it no but after that instead of facing the music he hightails it down under to australia to escape and he's never been back since
1: oh my god when like, you said <laughs> down under i was like oh that sounds like australia i yeah. had no idea that's what was gonna happen yes. are you kidding me no it's Wait gone. A minute. he's still there
0: he's still there What? yes <laughs> yes he and he's still claiming his innocence.
1: Oh my god. So
0: that same House Committee meeting offers other testimony that claims that one of the FBI witnesses may have been paid off by the FBI, one of the sex workers huh. supposedly may have gotten $400 from the FBI. But Why would they do that? But there is no evidence that that happened. I mean, it's
1: stupid.
0: And as a Chicago Tribune article notes, Things seem really fishy. Why would a drug dealer and a sex worker, like we said, happen to be walking down this high-end neighborhood in full cables just when this car is there with the keys in? It's, like, too perfect of a scenario. It's not real. It's too coincidental. And if it was a setup by Reno and the state attorney's office, why did the dealer, Ellswick try and blackmail Gersten? Right. Because that was part of it, too. They got this car, they find all this stuff in it, Ooh. and they want to extort money out of him. Yes. And he ends up, Ellswick ends up going in jail for that charge. So if he's working and he's in cahoots, why are they throwing him in jail? Like, the, you the, know, the story doesn't you make too, sense.
1: This drug dealer and the sex worker who was in the car, they, they found all this stuff. The level of, like, we could blackmail the guy, we could pawn this stuff. Like, they, yeah. their minds were working quickly. Yes. That but was, they had, that's incredible to they me. They had a lot of stuff. Wow. Ready to go in that car. Are we going to, can I ask you a question? Are we yeah. going to get to who the fuck was naked in those pictures or, or no?
0: No, we don't. Who find is the naked that? guy I, in I pictures? I don't know. What, the, what is that? I don't know. That's <laughs> okay. just another. I thought it was going to be a point of interest. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> oh, I wish, I wish I knew. Dang. So Gregory also testifies in that house committee report that the clothes that were purchased, because again, Gersten keeps saying, no, this happened at my house, right? Yes. And there's this time frame of, well, when do those calls come in? when was the car stolen Mm. and the clothes that were purchased were purchased at 6 30 PM. Okay. Found that receipt. Yes. And the place where it was purchased was three minutes away from where the drug den was. Oh, come on. Right. So like, you know, 40 minutes away from where he lives.
1: So he was in that vicinity. Oh my God. I can't stand how dumb this guy is.
0: Well, he also testified that if Gersten was at home at seven, like he claimed, there are some inconsistencies. One, his housekeeper was at the house from eight to nine and didn't see the car nor Gersten. So if Gersten was there and his car was stolen, she would have seen him and he would be on the phone going, yeah, my car got stolen or what he's like hiding out somewhere in the house and just doesn't talk to the housekeeper. Come on. Odd. Come on. And then she went shopping with the wife after that. And then they came home. So like, was it 10 o'clock? Like, so there's these hours of time that are sort of unaccounted for. This is unbelievable. They, yeah. So, Another mysterious piece to this case occurs when another witness, a juvenile, 15-year-old or so, testifies about seeing the car. He states that he saw Gersten kill a man and that supposedly this man was in the car. Gersten shot him and just dumped him, like threw the body out. What? But then in the same interview, the witness says, no, not true. A sex worker told me to say that one of these sex workers involved... So like it it's adding to this it's, mystery this is like it's so
1: ridiculous. Like why?
0: So the murder charge goes nowhere, right? They were like, "Okay, he said this, it's not true." And the police didn't see it as something viable to follow up with because there was no really evidence of it. And the other thing was when they first heard about the murder charge, they were like or or, or allegation, they were like, "Oh, wait, we got to get the car." But when the car was picked up by the police, you know, normally they impound it. They bring it and they give it to Gersten right away. Someone like just gave it to Gersten. So then the car is gone. So they don't have like evidence to go through and look oh at the car God. and they have to go back and get the, it's, you know, yeah, yeah. everything is, again, it's a very sort of, everything's very confusing. So, charges mm. there are none right because he never testified or admitted to anything so they can't charge him so
1: that's why he didn't go to court that's why he didn't no. yeah and he then did, he took off smart. to australia and he is kind of smart yeah he did, he's really so good so
0: some of the aftermath juan rodriguez's 2001 article in the miami new times talks about how things didn't really fare much better for gersten in australia he had a little bit of troubles there so he takes off and when he arrives he wants to continue his law career Mm. Um, and in 1996 he is permitted to practice law in Australia by the Australian Law Society which is basically like our state bar Mm -hmm. agencies or whatever but in 1998 the state of New South Wales wants to suspend that law license Mm. because they find out about this contempt of court thing back in 1993 and they're like no 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 like you have this thing we don't want you to practice court in court and they don't feel he should hold a law license I mean yeah But Gersten pushes it all the way up to the Australian Supreme Court.
1: Oh my God, this guy, the balls (laughs) on this fucking guy. I know.
0: So the Law Society folks decide to bring in people from Miami to testify against Gersten on the Law Society's dime. So they got 10 days in Australia and this Law Society's paying for it. So they're probably like, heck yeah, I'll go to Australia to go testify against this jerk that we haven't seen in 10 years.
1: Yeah.
0: So two men uh, who go are the Assistant State Attorney General, Joel Rosenblatt and former staff counsel for the Florida bar, Bill Hendricks. And in the end though, he is permitted to continue to practice law. And that happened in 2002. So like this, it was over a number of years. And then he finally gets uh, that. And in 2002, Australia grants Gersten refugee status. So that he doesn't have to return to the U S to face the contempt of court charges Holy or shit. any other allegation. Holy shit. So the sun Sentinel reported that Gersten had this to say to Australia's son, Harold quote, I feel as though a huge weight has been lifted oh off my, my shoulders. God. I can get up in the mornings now without having a gut wrenching feeling in my stomach mm. about when they're going to deport me.
1: Oh, please. He never woke up. He's please. a privileged motherfucker. Oh
0: my Unbelievable. God. So, Miami-Dade State Attorney's Office was not happy about this, and they felt that Australia was wrong in granting him that status. And an article noted that he did get support from friends back home, and the Miami Herald spoke to one of those friends, a Richard Sharpstein, who said, quote, I guess America's loss is Australia's gain. Australia has not had as colorful a character since Crocodile Dundee
1: but this is <laughs> not funny what are you doing what are you Can doing you imagine i was i just imagine him instead of, of uh, a crocodile
0: dundee with the knife like that's not a pipe that's a pipe because you know he's still smoking <laughs> crack somewhere in australia <laughs> well, I was
1: gonna say, where did they find him when they when they said he oh could my stay. God. was he in the middle of a crack den right What's so
0: some points of interest oh boy allegedly he now takes on pro bono cases rep Resenting refugees who want to stay in Australia. Like that's his thing now. Oh my God. Right? He is this savior. <laughs> yeah. The U S house committee put out a report prior to allowing for testimony from the officers and attorneys involved in the case. So first they put out a report, but the state attorney and other people involved are like, you never even talked to us. And you mm. put this report sort of blaming us for what happened to Gersten. And we didn't have a chance to testify. Then that committee happens. Then they testify in that committee. And when you read through the committee, it is bonkers. Like the things that 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 these uh, congressmen are holding onto and trying to claim on Gersten's behalf is cuckoo. Mm. So there are so many indications of unfair and possibly corrupt practices uh, by the state and government officials is what the report claims. Like that's a quote. And one article by the New York Times also notes that it may have been a partisan issue because it was a Republican congressman out of Indiana, Dan Burton, who had this come back to light, this Gersten story when Reno was running for governor in the state of Florida. Whoa. So they bring this Gersten story to say when she was state attorney, oh, no. this whole thing was happening.
1: Oh, my God. Right? That's
0: what that's like one of the possibilities of like why suddenly like they have a committee and they're trying to right. say that, you know, there was an abuse of power and this right. and that. Like I said, it was a bit of a sideshow. Uh It was way over the top with these allegations. They don't hold water. And they kept turning back to the alleged murder mm. uh allegation. And they would say things like, you know, you had this man ready to go to the electric chair charged with a murder charge. Oh and they're like, no, no, that charge didn't go. Well that there's, you know, this evidence that would have cleared him because you know, there's a kid testifying falsely about him murdering someone. And they're like, it was just a kid who was like, yeah, this thing, but he took it away In the same sitting. So I guess what they say is if you're being interviewed by the police and you make a statement and then you go, no, that didn't really happen, but it's in the same interview, then you can't be charged with making a false statement because it's not like we had this, you left and and now you came back like... We're talking to you and like this. So it was within that frame. Of course. And they kept turning to that. Like, how could you put Gersten threatening him with the chair? And it's like, no one threatened it. And they're like, no one, there was no charge. They're like, we didn't even pursue. Oh, so you didn't even pursue. There was a charge for murder and you don't even look into it. Like it was stuff like that. Like reading through like the, the, the testimony. I was like, what am I reading here? Like what a waste of time. Yeah. So. One example was in the U.S. House Committee testimony when they got to speak before the committee. Mary Cagle, who served as deputy chief of special prosecutions, testified about the murder accusation and noting that, yes, this kid claimed Gersten murdered someone, but he immediately withdrew the accusation. All right. So there's nothing to go after. And the other argument was that the prosecution didn't present this exculpatory evidence to the defense. But there's nothing to, you know, yeah, there's, there's there. no charge. Right. And Cagle explained that since he wasn't charged with anything, they, that you can't have exculpatory evidence to give because there's no charge. Right. Right. So they kept really trying to like hit on these stupid pieces. And then the U.S. House Committee again went into that four hundred dollars for the FBI. But James Warren, Chicago Tribune article notes that there w- it was an unproven claim. There was no evidence that that ever happened. And then what's interesting is that Gersten is perhaps playing up this murder accusation to fuel the idea that he may have been set up and to gain sympathy Uh. from people and the Australian government because he kept bringing that up too, like that they're trying to charge me for murder and I haven't done anything. Wow, that's that's so manipulated, guy. Yeah, but here's the thing: someone was murdered.
1: Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask you: Did they find a body anywhere? Holy
0: fuck! They did. But, and it was a transgendered person by the name of Gregory Wellens. But the police officer said that he was killed the day before Mm. the car was stolen. So there was someone who was killed. Um, It was around the same area, but it was the day before. And there's no evidence that it had anything to do with Gersten. Mm. And the kid took back the statement. So this is how the case gets a bit mucky wellens was shot but not by gersten's gun and again like they went through that car there's no evidence to show that he was in that car there was no blood evidence like there's nothing connecting gersten to this so it probably wasn't gersten and who knows why the kid said what he said maybe people knew who it was and they're like oh let's try to pin it on this guy like who yeah you know who knows Mm. but that's that's the story of uh, the crack-smoking lady-loving politician Joe Gersten,
1: Holy shit.: What
0: a crazy tale.:
1: Yeah. I mean, Florida never stops giving us the juice. <laughs> the good juice, honey. I love it. Wow. I mean,, yeah.
0: thank you again, Gail. It was a yeah. fun, because I
1: mean, it's funny how uh, I love the whole I escaped the United States <laughs> fucking the long arm of the law. I love that. I, I do.
0: I mean, give me a break.
1: I wonder why he picked Australia. I think he was there. He
0: was there for something.
1: And just said, fuck it. And he's
0: like, I'm not coming back. Ah,
1: I mean, come on. I don't, I don't I mean, remember that
0: part, but I know that he had gone there and it was like, well, I might as well just stay. Wow. And now he's gone. He's got he has yeah. refugee status. Yeah. <laughs> and really, like, what could they do? I mean, with this. Char- he he probably wouldn't be serving any well, jail it's, time. It's you know? so
1: offensive when you think about why people are refugees when they come here, like escaping violence and persecution. You know. Yeah. And give me guy- a break. <laughs> This guy's over here in a crack house. Yeah. Allegedly. (laughs)
0: Allegedly. Don't sue us, Jokerston. Whatever. Oh, please.
1: All right. I have a very short story, but it'll be good. Uh, So I'm going to cover representative from Oregon, John Hipple Mitchell. Oh,
0: Hipple Mitchell. Yeah. I like that.
1: And if I say nipple, I'm doing it on purpose. (laughs) Don't correct me. I'm going to say nipple and I don't give up. Oh, my God. So our friend John was born in Washington County, Pennsylvania on June 22nd, 1835, Dang. Honey, With the name John Mitchell Hipple.
0: <laughs> I feel like we're in a Dr. Seuss book.
1: <laughs> Mitchell Hipple, Nipple, yeah. Nipple. Not one of the racist yeah. ones though, right? No,
0: no. <laughs> we
1: will be canceled, bitch. Yes. He moved with his parents to Butler County, Pennsylvania at the age of two. And as a young man, he was a school teacher. Aw, yay. Yay. Okay. But, (laughs) uh-oh, (laughs) uh-oh, when he was a teacher, he seduced a (gasps) 15-year-old female student and due to the resulting scandal, was forced to marry her.
0: (gasps) No, oh, because this is the 1800s, this poor girl. Yeah. So in 1857,
1: he stopped teaching and decided to become a lawyer. By the way, they had two kids together, these two. Ew. Yeah.
0: Wait, how old was he? Um, let's see. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. I, he's I mean, gross. He's older. Yeah, yeah he's and this probably poor in his girl, this poor girl is now oh, stuck with this guy.
1: Yeah, right. Because
0: I'm sure she had no say in the matter. Of
1: course not. So he stops teaching and becomes a lawyer, and he built this really successful law practice in Pennsylvania. However, in 1860, he decided to leave his community and his family... And moved to California with a local school teacher with whom he was having an affair. No, he's a really great guy. Wow, he's a great guy. He said "May" <laughs> to his young wife and their two kids. Oh my! After God. arriving in California, he abandoned this other lady and moved to Portland, Oregon. He said goodbye to her. He was wow. Then, he just he just can't settle down. No, it was then he's a that bit he, of a
0: roué. This guy, a what? You know, like a Lothario, like a guy. Roué.
1: Yeah. How do you spell that? Well, hey, we can <laughs> I'm going to write it down as a title. Oh, this, oh, this, okay. Of we'll
0: cut, cut this part out. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> he was, th- it was then that he decided to change his name to John Hipple Mitchell. So he switches his middle name. Oh, last wait. Name. So he
0: was Nipple he was, Mitchell. He was, no, born- he was Mitchell Nipple. And now he's Nipple Mitchell. No, not Nipple. He was
1: born <laughs> Nipple. Yes. Yes. This is all an attempt oh, to get wait, Tina to wait. say Nipple on the podcast.
0: Wait, say this. He again. was
1: born John Mitchell Hipple
0: john mitchell hipple and now he's hipple mitchell
1: yes he switches it
0: (sighs) oh we can make a rhyme out of this and it'll be a tongue twister john mitchell
1: hipple became mitchell why are we i don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) i just hear a sing song
1: (laughs) in my head so he does this because he wants he he just changes his middle name's last name because he wants to start a new life in oregon which to me means like he's hiding yeah like he's trying to there's another lady somewhere Um, so almost immediately he starts to become a very successful in law and he builds political connections uh. and it's, they said that he wasn't particularly an inte- intellectual man, but he was very ambitious. And he knew how to develop business and political friendships with important people. Right? So in 1867, he was hired as a professor at Willamette university school of medicine to teach about medical jurisprudence, right? This about law in the medical field. And then he remains a professor for almost four years. Uh, during his law practice in Oregon, he did some legal work for a client named Marcus Neff. So this is kind of a side note, but he ends up having a dispute with Neff over um, legal bills. And this fight goes all the way to the Supreme court, which I thought was kind of interesting. So basically he helps Marcus Neff buy land uh, in Oregon. And uh, then he had, you know, $15,000 worth of legal bills. And so he's trying to collect his money from Neff and Neff's like not paying him. So Mitchell sues Neff, and but the way that he sued him is he announced it in the paper he's like i'm suing you for this you owe me this money well neff never responds because it's like in the paper yeah who does that it's ridiculous this is how i guess this is a way that they would do that (laughs) and um he ends up losing of course neff loses and mitchell then says to the local sheriff you need to seize this land because he doesn't own it anymore like he doesn't own it so it goes up for public auction and (gasps) mitchell buys it no. Yeah. So what he buys jerk. it and then he gives it to somebody else. So anyway, Neff sues to get his land back. And that went, that's what went up to the Supreme Court. And he ended up winning the case. Neff did. And it said a president that you can't serve someone in the state where the case is, you have to find them. And you can't put it in the fucking stupid paper. Yeah, I
0: mean, what if he didn't read the paper that day?
1: Please. It's ridiculous. It's it's the
0: stupidest thing.
1: Ridiculous. (laughs) So two years after arriving in Oregon in 1862, he was elected to the Oregon State Senate. Here we go. In 1864, he became president of the State Senate and served in that position until 1866. So because U.S. senators were elected by the state legislatures during that time, okay, so the people didn't elect the U.S. senators, the mm-hmm. legislature did in the state. Um, this was going to be that when he was the president of the state Senate, it was going to be the last um, office where he actually was elected by popular vote, by the people. So um, he he attempts to run for the state, for the U.S. Senate, and it was, he was unsuccessful, losing to another candidate in 1866. He then tried again in 1872, and this time he won. So now he's a U.S. senator, right? Mm. So he then he petitioned to officially change his name because now he's going to be right he's gonna oh, be like goodness he's got to make sure nobody figures out who he is <laughs> but during mitchell's second period of senate service from november 1885 to march 1897 he concurrently served alongside two other different individuals named john mitchell's from oh other states. come on
0: <laughs> who knew it was such he a common nipple yeah
1: nipple yes nipple. um just be proud of who you are no, mitchell please. Please, but by this time he had married again. But he had not divorced the woman in Pennsylvania. The first, oh the 15 no! Year old, so right? now he's
0: a polygamist. So
1: his, <laughs> opponents, his opponents tried to block him from becoming a senator by asking a Senate committee to expel him for what he had done in the past, charging him with bigamy, desertion, and living under an assumed name. Ooh, I mean, which is all true.
0: It's, it is a hundred percent true. Um,
1: I wish desertion it, was still a you thing. know, by the way,
0: I just can't wrap my head around people that just have such confidence yeah. to be able to pull these things off, yeah. you know, and like walk through the world
1: or just leave and too. leave
0: and know yeah. that there's all that, that there's all of these things that you're leaving behind or that you're a part of and you're pretending yeah. like none of that happened. It's yeah. like, I, I don't know your how, kids, like, do, and, and, kids. but the weight of that, no, it's
1: listen, it's, it it's takes a
0: certain kind. I, I mean, we need to like study the brains of, you're right. you know, cause it's just, I, I don't understand. Like there has to be some kind of you know, something in the certain lobe that allows this to happen for some people that yeah. not for the majority of people.
1: Right. You're right. Um okay, so uh, the charges were certainly true, of course, but the Senate committee decided they were not relevant.
0: Oh, so there's so who that. Cares? So Mitchell yeah, served in the Senate I mean. from 1873
1: to 79 and was defeated for reelection after that. He ran for reelection to the Senate in 1882, but he lost, but, uh, he was reelected in 1885 and 1890. So he would keep running, right? And, yeah. and he was the chairman of the committee on railroads from 1877 to 79 and 89 to 93 and chairman of several other committees related to coastlines and the ocean during his terms in the Senate. Okay. So the scandal. In 1905, Mitchell was indicted on the Oregon land fraud scandal involving Ooh. his use of political influence in the federal government to help clients with their land claims. Uh-oh. So this is just like with that case with Neff, right? It's you know everybody's running out west yep. to get land. We talked about this. Yeah, you weeks, stake uh, your claim. Yeah, you stake your claim. But now there's legal parts where it's like, I want this land. I want to buy this. Yes. So he's stepping in and using his influence as a senator to help people and by help
0: people he's he's scamming
1: yes (laughs) yes so so a little bit let's go a little bit further back so in 1870 that happened in 1905 when he's indicted but in 1870 the oregon and united states governments granted the oregon and california railroad 3.7 million acres of land to build a railroad line from portland south to california
0: i mean the, that's huge that's i mean a ba- lot. I'm, a lot. imagine just back then oh my like, god all of these What's things being built be? and connected that's probably and, still
1: there is Isn't yeah, that amazing it's, it's, it's incredible i know i think it's amazing um but the land didn't belong to us i just want to know it also did not that. it did not it was not ours to sell no <laughs> it was not ours to fucking take oh god oh, we're so terrible oh the worst the land which was granted in what's called a checkerboard pattern along uh both sides of the railroads right of way was then sold to settlers in parcels of 160 acres at the extreme low price of two dollars and 50 cents an acre to the land uh uh to to encourage people to settle along the, the railroad line right like nobody yeah. really wants to live next to the no. railroad line okay
0: who wants to but be since, next to that noise no
1: so since much of the land was unfit for development it did not attract many settlers However, the land was very rich in timber, which meant that the timber companies would pay much more than $2.50 an acre. So to circumvent the requirements of the land grant, Edward Harriman, who was president of the Southern Pacific Railroad, which then owned the ONC, uh, which was a a line, hired former surveyor Stephen uh, Douglas Pewter to round up people from saloons in Portland's waterfront district (gasps) escort them to the land office have them register <gasps> for an C parcel as a settler no and then transfer it to pooter's men right so they they get these drunks they have them sign a piece of paper and, and then they're they have like them sign here another you go. and now they
0: get all this in for so and cheap Now the land goes back <gasps> to this yeah so, the oh, accumulated, yeah. so yeah. then
1: the accumulated parcels were then sold in large blocks to the highest bidder for timber harvest.
0: Wow. They yeah. made a killing.
1: Made a killing. So Harriman, who is the president of the Southern Pacific Railroad, he eventually had a dispute with Pewter, which is the guy who had getting people from the saloon, yeah. and he fires him. Which is a a huge mistake, right? Well, yeah, because now he's going to run his his mouth. He's going
0: to be like, yeah, go screw you.
1: So later, when a lumber company bookkeeper exposed the scheme, go honey. I'm I'm assuming it's no, it's probably a man, right? This is no way. No, back then, probably now. So he, let's assume it's a he, exposed the scheme to an Oregon, Oregonian reporter. Hooter turned on his former boss, testified against him, and wrote a scathing expose. Yes. About the scene.
0: This is what I love. Turning yeah. on employers yes. who are scum.
1: Bye, you motherfuckers. <laughs> oh. Tina. <laughs> I can't wait, Tina. I, <laughs> Tina has so much to say and we will get there. But so I can't even believe we oh even talked God. about that. We, we can't talk about it. We will I talk know. about it in a future episode, but so much is happening. Tina's dancing on the couch. <laughs> I just want you to know she's totally happy. She's so fucking happy. I'm sorry. This okay. bitch had some good news this week. Ooh. All right. So initially more than 1,000 indictments were issued <gasps> in the case. U.S. District Attorney Francis Henney narrowed down the list to the 35 most egregious offenders, including U.S. Senator John Hipple Mitchell wow. and U.S. Representatives John Williamson and Binger Herman.
0: These names, can
1: we Binger. bring that? We- <laughs> Binger and Hipple. Hipple. Henny charged <laughs> that Mitchell had illegally used his position to aid a client in the acquisition of patents to fraudulent land claims.
0: Mm-mm-mm. So Mitchell
1: was con- convicted under Statute 1782. Which was enacted in 1864, which prohibited senators and other officials from engaging in compensated representation in matters in which the United States were inter- were interested. Well,
0: yeah, you think? Yeah. I mean, you this can't land, use you're that power directly
1: from the fucking government. <laughs> Come on. Mitchell's law partner and personal secretary both testified against him. Yeah. Oh,
0: he must have been such a jerk. <laughs> I know. You know, on I the- mean, he must have been <laughs> such a jerk that everyone's like, "Screw you."
1: Yeah. Oh my god. Um but isn't this really like karma's coming back to get yes. you, by Um and on July 3rd, 1905, the jury found him guilty. He was sentenced to 6 months in prison and a $1000 fine. Ooh. Mitchell appealed, but before the appeal could be heard, he died from complications associated <gasps> with a tooth extraction.
0: Wow. This is the times. I mean. This is the times. Yeah, I still probably got an infection in the bloodstream you imagine that's it.
1: Some dirty he, the doc dentist probably didn't oh. wash his hands. Oh. Some dirty ass shit got oh, in there. Gosh. That and you know what oh reminds me of too is, is the george when when george washington died it yes. was such a disaster yes yeah, dying in pain for days but the doctors were ooh. so gross with their dirty hands inside of his body oh god oh. That, that's making me so uncomfortable know, i'm sorry i'm sorry oh my god but that's the story of john hipple mitchell i love it hipple nipple
0: god and then thinking of these t- timber companies and just how oh, they please. ravaged because that's another ravaging of the land as well
1: a pl- it's ridiculous what have we done i, I mean what girl, have we done i have no idea i i i don't know what day it is anymore i'm on vacation
0: <laughs> vacation's all i ever wanted vacation, vacation had to, to get away, away.
1: <laughs> the go-go's yes yes bitch and you know that They in that video they were doing the um they were on the pyramid on water skis yes yes and there was a place called Cypress Gardens is that right in in Central Florida where a lot of that was oh I didn't know that yes it's now Legoland
0: my husband is a huge Go Go's fan really yes we have did he like the bass
1: player what's her name jane he,
0: yeah that's his favorite I, I
1: i how did i guess because yes. you two look exactly the fuck alike except she has super short hair that is you his, look like her do i yeah he has a type basically is what i <laughs> I knew it wasn't belinda i knew it wasn't belinda oh
0: my god yeah no, her that's, angel face oh. oh my god oh my god my
1: husband became obsessed with belinda carlisle like recently I recently, went into the room he was watching a documentary it was all about the life of I go what the fuck is she this? had she He's had like, some rough oh she had some rough no no, rough no bad though. but she went from like a normal teenager whatever and then she found the punk scene in california yes. and they they showed pictures of her like like this regular kid and then all of a sudden she's wearing yes. like trash bags with like pins. i love her it her hair's all fucked and her makeup and her mom's like i don't know she'd come downstairs and she'd be like see you later and she's like ripped her clothes are fucking ripped to shreds I, I was like wish, oh my god
0: i wish i could have been at like those yes. shows oh my god
1: could you uh, imagine I, I
0: would have just disappeared i would be and she and in the in the documentary
1: she's like yeah so everybody had a band we're like fuck it let's just start a band and i was like this bitch can sing though like how yeah. do you just go let's, let's start a band <laughs> how does that happen yeah
0: beautiful but then they kind of turned her because yes. post go-go she yeah. became very mm-hmm.
1: like you know sexy pop, but like pop yes yes
0: which is just the antithesis to punk that's true that's you know? true yeah although i mean it's, i still remember some of her songs as belinda carlisle yeah uh, god she had that one that was like a ballad you yes. know yeah they i, I can't think of the name but you well, know what that was the about. times too yeah
1: not the 1880s the 1980s the 1980s all right well this was fantastic yes uh I did say... Oh, I did want to say that movie battle came out last week. Oh, my God. And if you have so not, funny. If you have not listened, <laughs> go listen. Barefoot Lobo sends me a message. He goes, um, I'm, I'm almost to the end and you're flailing. And I was like... <laughs> yeah I said I fucking told you it's embarrassing I go and he said there's 20 minutes left I go you haven't hit it yet you oh haven't hit God. the flailing it's still coming
0: I laughed so hard when when there there was I kept texting you as I was listening because oh I God. couldn't stop laughing and my husband's like what are you do?" I, I was like I'm just listening to Hillary and it just brought me so much joy yeah. Like he was, was, he was like, was you, he
1: said, you had a really good argument, but Tina's eloquence. I go, you don't have to say <gasps> anything else. Oh, barefoot, I know. I barefoot. know. Oh, forget it. Barefoot. Oh, by the way, and maybe I should cut this out, but this Kevin seems to be quite enamored with you. I was listening Ke- to the beginning. I'm, he's going, he's, you're talking, he's going on. And I go, this guy's a fan of Tina. So, <laughs> and I got invited. So I'm invited on a podcast to debate <laughs> good <Goodfellas laughs> with Tina who's a fucking Goodfellas fanatic, like super fan, with a guy who's like, she's so great. And she's gonna... And I'm like, God damn it. But
0: he's so nice. I think he's he's so so, so sweet. But
1: he has... There's a soft spot for Tina and I could hear it on this Aww, podcast Kevin. compared to me is what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not true. Not true. But I think it was so fucking good. It was so funny. And
1: there's nothing that makes me happier than when I say something and I know you're going to laugh. And oh, so my when goodness. I was on there and I would say something and I'd hear this cackle, <laughs> I was like, yes, it's something good is happening. Oh
0: my God. I could have <laughs> stopped. And when I was listening to it, at home, my husband was listening to me cackle, and he's oh. just like, "I don't understand." I'm like, "No, no, no!" So,
1: well, I, it was it was fantastic. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. So, go listen to movie battle and check out his other episodes. Yes. Kevin is such a nice guy. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing that. So, yay! Excellent. Also, we had um, a podcast promo last week. I know we're gonna have another one. I think this yeah. week or maybe next week's episode. So, if there's anybody out there as podcasts and wants to swap promos with us, please yes, let us let's know. do it. Our email is the Podcast at gmail.com and we get a lot of I see bumps in our numbers when shit like that yes. happens so please it's great yeah. to cross promote as yes. podcast family like come into our podcast family den with us and hang out so oh please, I love it I love it I love podcast people they're the best
0: they are amazing they are it's and just I can't wait to go to another conference
1: I can't wait to and also so because of all of that I wrote to Barefoot Lobo I'm like when are we going to get a hell is full of dads podcast promo? Cause I'll put that in every week. Yes. Where is it? He goes, go talk to Cody. I'm like, no, <laughs> where is it? Like just send just it to make us. Make it. Yeah. Although we, we talk about them every week. I feel like we promo them a lot. Yes. Which is good because they're the greatest. Oh, their, their show is great. Yeah. Oh, and also I told barefoot Lobo this, my sister-in-law was like she sent me a message she listens to our podcast and she said what is this t-shirt you're screaming about <laughs> <laughs> that tina gave you and Aww. i said oh it's hell is full of dads i love this podcast and she's like all right i'm gonna go listen to it so she sends me a message like a couple days later she goes how could they be from hell if they're crying about the time travel <laughs> <laughs> i Aww. was like that's kind of how it is though they're like so super like non-toxic men like yes. i'm here for this yeah i'm here for it no
0: it's it's so refreshing it's, actually and to hear
1: them have really thoughtful especially, ideas about being parents and dads i love it
0: especially with the recent um i i can't think of his name but it's like a general Zer mm-hmm. who um a youtuber who is in in huge trouble for like having essentially like videoed a woman who no. was intoxicated and didn't give consent and you know all of this stuff coming out of like videos that he was posting and no. like oh this is fun and I'm a prankster and it's a joke and blah 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 no. so it's so wonderful to have men who can be like a model to men that like that you don't have to be yes this gross kind of person you don't have to objectify women you don't have to treat or talk about women in disgusting ways. So I really find it refreshing to have just intellectual, they have great conversations and they're still funny. They're laid back. Like it's, you know, without that toxic masculinity,
1: they are two of my favorite people in the entire world. And I've never met them, but I feel like that's how podcasts are. Yes. And I hope I, I saw a funny thing, which I'm sure I've mentioned here before, but it's like what it feels like to be a ghost is listening to a podcast and they can't think of the name of something and you're, you're listening yeah. to the podcast and <laughs> you're yelling. Like, I do that all the time. And you're yelling the title, <laughs> And it's like, that's what it feels like to be a ghost. That's how I feel when I listen to podcasts. I feel yeah. like I know those people. I've yes. been in that room with them. And so, I don't know. I'm just such a huge fan of podcasts. And of Same. course, making a podcast it's, is the greatest. It
0: has been one of the best things oh.
1: in my life. No doubt. No I love doubt. it. I love it too but here's the other thing the reason too is because you know we are both incredibly busy human beings not, Yes. like not like just our jobs just our families that's that's a lot of work we, are, yeah. we have parents who are aging we yes. have all of these things that are going on in our lives and then we have all of our volunteer stuff, all political yeah. work, all the things we're trying to do, and then we have the podcast. Yes. And the podcast is really the only thing that belongs to the two of us. Yes, that yes. is our thing.
0: And it's so it's even though it's mucky, it yeah. I have so much fun. Yes so yeah. much fun i love it oh love my you. god it's a
1: complete love fest in this oh motherfucker my god. you know why because you're on vacation yeah, i got no kids <laughs> we started on time I, i'm gonna go i'm i'm in fort lauderdale and at holiday park there's an outside hockey rink which my friend chelsea told me about what? so i brought my skates with me and when i took him out of my car the guy's like i took him out and he goes you want to bring those inside i go what are you kidding these aren't staying in my car. Like, yes, I'm bringing the skates with me, you know, because I'm going go to go to Holly Park and check it out and skate. Wow,
0: I didn't I, know that they had that there.
1: Yeah, it's been there oh for wait, a while. it's been there yeah. actually.
0: Now that you're saying it, it's sort of next to like the soccer fields. Yes, 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 tennis yes, court, yep, soccer yep, field area. Yep, yep, yes. Yep.
1: So I'm going to go check that out this afternoon. That's going to be something I'm doing. Look and at you! I know, and you're coming skating this Thursday, maybe.
0: Oh, I because can. Oh, I'm
1: on. Yes, yes
0: I can. I am on vacation.
1: And then Kate, I think, is going to come. <gasps> I think Emma's going to come. Let's do it.
0: Okay. Uh, just just so we should put a picture up of yes. Hillary just amazing on her skates and me with the little grandma walker <laughs> going, oh my God, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall. It's going to be amazing. That'll be a,
1: <laughs> a very <laughs> muck podcast outing. Yes. Oh my God. It's the greatest. Oh, I love Oh my it. goodness. My favorite thing ever. All right. Well, listen, we're going to record another one right now. So I'll see you in a few minutes. Yes. Bye. bye.
0: If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our website, themuckpodcast.fireside.fm. And be sure to follow us on
1: Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support the Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level muckraker, policy wonk, or bleeding heart. We can't do it without you. Music for the muck podcast written and performed by Sean Docherty.